You're tuning into Hustle Honey, a babecast where we strongly believe that filters should be saved for Snapchat and not this pod. No topics are off limits and flexing on your exes is highly encouraged. We're talking life experiences, ex traumas, and yes, even ex lovers. Where your ex didn't hit the spot. Don't worry, babe. We've been there, done that, and we've got you covered. Now Now let's let's hustle, hustle, honey. honey. Here's to bigger checks, better sex, and always being hotter than their ex. Cheers, cheers, cheers. So you know what movie I haven't watched in a while, but I actually caught it on the TV the other day. Easy A. Oh my God. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I just, I love that movie because it kind of goes into the modern version of slut shaming. And they started to kind of do some research on it. And I think it's just so interesting that almost 50% of women have been slut-shamed in their life. It is crazy the amount of women who are slut-shamed every single day and usually for an invalid reason. And it gets me thinking about the definition of slut-shaming. Have you heard of the definition before? I don't think I've actually looked up the definition for it. Okay, so the definition of slut-shaming is shaming a woman of sexual experience, real or invented, because of perceived violation of ideas of purity and morality. So it's interesting to me because it talks about the real or invented. So it's not always because a woman has been sexually active with someone. It could basically just be a rumor someone wants to start to tarnish someone's reputation. It's like the movie because she didn't actually have sex with anybody. She had made it up to get her friend off of her case for being a virgin. And then it became a wild story. So the rumors came out and she just went along with it. She owned it. Until it got too much for her. Yeah. And I mean, that's great that she had the inner strength to be like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to own it and turn it kind of into a business. Didn't she turn it into a little bit of a business? Yeah. Because she kept on getting those gift cards and stuff. (laughs) Uh, But that's not reality, right? Oh, no. I I didn't turn my slut shaming into a business. And now I think about it, I should (laughs) have. But I didn't. <laughs> it probably would have been easy money for the trouble witness stuff easy for the guys. Money easy for money. Easy girl. <laughs> <laughs> but really, most girls experience the emotion of shame. I know that I did. And did you ever experience shame with this? Oh, yeah. Topic? Oh, yeah. But let's get into yours first because yours started a little bit earlier on than mine did. Yeah, for sure. So I'll be happy to share my experience. I just want to touch really quickly on. The emotion of shame, though, because I don't think a lot of people realize that it's an emotion that we can only feel when we're a part of a group because it's linked to our reputation with other people. It's really interesting to me because you can't experience shame on your own without thinking of how you're perceived by other people. I don't know why I find that so fascinating. Probably because you don't actually think about it. When you do, when you see that kind of definition for shame, you think about it. I'm around a group of people. I'm with other people and I feel this emotion. But you don't really feel shameful when you go home alone. You know, you're in the bathtub just like thinking about it. There's no shame feeling. You might feel guilt, mm-hmm. but you don't feel shame. Or feel outcasted. Yeah, it's the sinful aspect of everything. Yeah. 
It's the, oh my God, I'm considered impure. I'm considered gross. I know that that's how I felt. So going into my story, I got slut shamed hardcore when I was a teenager before I even had sex with a boy. And I feel a lot like Emma Stone's character in AZA where she's like, wait, but I haven't even had sex and hooked up with anyone. So how am I getting this reputation? Similar feeling for me. I was around 15 years old when I was slut shamed for the first time and it was all because I was dating a boy who I admit we did attempt at sexual intercourse when we ran away from home together as little Romeo and Juliet right we got into that in episode one a little bit yes Uh, But we didn't actually succeed in the loss of our virginities. We tried, we failed, but we did not have full-on intercourse. Well, he told his brother that we had intercourse together. I did not know that he told his brother you guys had sex. Yes, he did. That's news to me. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't realize that was what start. I just thought the brother had assumed the entire thing and then his other friends kind of antagonized it a little bit more and poked at it to where he just started to hate you. Nope. It was a conversation between him and his brother about what we did physically. What a dick. Yeah. (laughs) What? I just want to punch him now. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. um, They had that conversation and at the time I was living in Arizona with my aunt and uncle so everything happening in Colorado I was completely oblivious to I did not know the rumors going around about me I didn't know that when I would come back I didn't have any friends anymore so when I landed back in Colorado and started going to church I got the iced out total how would you put this like the outcasting situation. I I just got- You were shunned. Shunned, yeah, without actually being shunned by the church. I got shunned by my friends and I didn't know why. Well, and you didn't have social media back then. No. I think MySpace was just becoming a new thing for And I us. wasn't allowed to have it. Yeah, no one, none of us were supposed no. to have and it. And I didn't have my own cell phone. So keeping touch in touch with people back home when I was in Arizona was really hard. So I had no idea. And I walked into church. And I'm like, why is everyone being so weird towards me? And it was because they were starting rumors slut shaming. But I didn't know it for like a full year oh that God. this was going on. And actually, what ended up happening was I was obviously being iced out by everyone. So I started to try to make new friends. And that's when I heard about a text message that was circulating around to people I didn't even know. It was huge. I mean, it, it spanned throughout the state of Colorado in different Jehovah's Witness churches because it's a small community, as you know. Right. So any rumor that goes around, everyone's going to know, even people you don't know. And... I found out that there was a text going around that said, what does Portia, a.k.a. Slut's right leg, say to the left? Can you guess? What was it? Nothing, because there's always something in between her legs. That's disgusting. Yep. And this text went around to everyone, and I was completely inconsolable. I was crying. I felt suicidal. I was, I mean, my reputation wasn't great, (laughs) but it was like really bad. Well, you and that ex had dated for years. Yeah. Really? Two years, I think. Yeah. Two or three, I want to say. In reality, with the entire thing of you guys even dating that long, it Mm -hmm. was usually in the common world where you're dating in high school. After six months, you gave it up. Yeah. Because that was a long time. So two years without sex, Mm -hmm. and then you're getting slut-shamed. You were holding 
out on having sex for two years with the same person that you fell in love the with. The person I loved. That I, I thought I was going to marry. We were technically engaged at that point. Yeah, I remember. Your, your little engagement. <laughs> My little 14-year-old engagement. Yeah, so this whole rumor went around and I told my parents because I was there I mean I was gone mentally I wanted to trigger warning I wanted to commit suicide I felt like I had no friends I felt like everyone hated me so my mom got to the root of this text and it turned out that it was created by the same friends I just made that is Oh my gosh. So people I'd only been friends with for a couple of months decided I'm going to go ahead and spread this rumor about her. So my mom sat them in my kitchen. It was two boys. Sat them down in my kitchen and said, what is up with this text message? It's being sent. Who created it? And the boy raised his hand and said it was me. And I, my jaw dropped. I was like, you of all people. He was such a sweet, innocent boy that you know, when you looked at him was extremely trustworthy. I was very unassuming of this person. I trusted this person. I spent so much time with him on the weekends. We were friends and come to find out he took that opportunity to start rumors about me because he was friends with my ex's brother and I didn't know it. So do you think he was influenced to send that text from the brother? I don't know and I will never know, but I think it was a popularity contest at the time because people bond really easily over the common hatred of one individual and I just happened to be that person that people bonded over with rumors and, um, you know, gossip. There's that saying too, the enemy of my enemy is my best friend kind of, I think that's how that saying goes. Mm -hmm. But it seems like it fit for those boys. Yeah. You were the enemy of the brothers. So they were best friends with him. And they made you their enemies too. Yeah. And uh, I was completely heartbroken and obviously did not trust them after that. Why the hell would I? So the next Jehovah's Witness convention, because for those of you that don't know, Jehovah's Witnesses have huge conventions a few times a year where you have thousands of people gathering from all over your state. So you really don't know half of the people that are in this environment. Yeah, we have little name tags and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, because no one knew you. So I thought, screw it. I'm going to go up and make a new friend. I'm just going to join a new group. So I walked up to this group who I assumed was around my age, maybe a little bit older. And I walked up and I said, hi, I'm Portia. And no shit, Amanda. They looked at me and they said, oh, you're that slut. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't know them. I've never seen them before in my life. And I was like, excuse me. And they were like, (laughs) and then walked away. See, I wish I knew that was going on because I had the option to go to different types of conventions because there is a bunch that happened in Colorado for the different areas. And my family couldn't go to the ones that we were assigned where I would have been with you. But had I known that it Mm -hmm. was going on. I would have spent the night at somebody's house to go with them instead. Yeah. I wish so that way you would have I, had a friend. I wish I had that too. And that um, that was a really, really rough time for me. And at the time, I only had one friend. And I'll name her because she won't mind as Andrea. Um, we've been best friends since that time period. So I was 14 or 15. And the reason why we became best friends is because she was brand new to the religion and didn't know me or didn't know anyone. So it was easy for me to make a friend. But she watched me fall on my face trying to make friends with people at this convention and she just hugged me as I cried in the bathroom and it became this whole I mean it was terrible and then people were calling me a harlot 
calling me a whore. I eventually fell in love with a Jehovah's Witness boy about a year later. I lost my virginity to him and then he told me, oh, the only reason I even became your friend was to figure out whether or not you were truly a slut. That's gross. And this was the guy that you talked about and coming and going with how he was also hitting up younger age yeah, girls. Yeah, he was hooking up with 13 year olds and he was 20. Yeah, so he, yeah, his opinion is so valid. I know, yeah. So, I mean, for fuck's sake, have I been slut-shamed more than anyone should? And my slut-shaming lasted four years straight. And you were super young for that, too. Yeah, no it, one should actually have to endure that. Super young, especially when social media wasn't a thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually glad it wasn't a thing. Oh, it would have been 10 times worse I mean, for you. the text messages going around was already extremely devastating. I couldn't even imagine having Facebook and having Instagram. Instagram and TikTok and all. I mean, the cyberbullying is so much more intense than it ever was back in our day because our options were limited. Well, and if they were doing it through a text message too, even if it was MySpace, because that was the first social media platform yeah. for us, the bulletin board where you would write something, share it onto the bulletin board, that would spread just as easily as that text message did. And that would have been widespread across the United States eventually yeah. too. So, yep. Uh, and that was before I even lost my virginity. <laughs> <laughs> what a, a reputation <laughs> i just want to go dick punch him now i'm gonna fly out to the state <laughs> that he lives in if you're listening beware no honestly i just want to give you a shout out if you do listen i have no bad vibes towards either of you we were young we were dumb and teenagers and kids were just fucking mean and i hope you're doing well and i hope you're living a really successful life and Thanks for making me stronger, though. I needed that. That's fair. That's a fair take on everything that happened to you. But I'm if Amanda petty. punches you, I'm not responsible. <laughs> People suck. People do <laughs> suck. So you heard my story. What is yours? So mine started a lot older and more recently than not. I was 26 years old. Mind you, I had lost my virginity at 22. So you lost it later in life. I, I lost, lost mine officially at 17. Yeah. So I lost mine a little bit later on. And I think we talked about that we in did coming, and coming and going. going yeah. Uh, so... I started, you know, seeing some men sleeping with them, started having a little bit more of like semi-serious, more serious relationships. Yeah. And I had a friend or frenemy, we'll call her Regina. Regina George. Regina hey. George. Hey. <laughs> Uh, she had the audacity to continue to call me a whore, a slut, mm -hmm. easy, ho, but it wasn't over text message via social media, nothing. It was to my face. I kind of half respect the face to face more than I would respect the text message or social media. However, still really uncool. Well, and when she would get called out for it, because I... I'm a person that will call you out to your face. Too. Yes, you are. <laughs> so if I don't like what you say, I'm going to say that was really shitty or what the fuck mm -hmm. type of sayings back to them to make them retract their statement. Oh, I was joking. <laughs> you just need to take a joke. Like, obviously, I'm kidding. I don't think of you like right. that. It's the gaslighting in the form of humor. Yeah. So it was constant gaslighting with her how did you just not call her out like immediately did, or did you I would usually call her out immediately there was times where I just didn't have 
enough energy to sure, that's fair. put into it. So I'm just like, yeah, you're stupid. But she was also a woman who got married super young, had her first kid super young. So she didn't really wild out. No. And she kind of had that 1950s personality where marriage and kids and possibly a job or being like the homemaker wife would be the goal of a woman. Gotcha. So she wasn't really a feminist or anything. No shame in her game. She had made the comment at one point to a group of our friends that she was the most put together because she was married. Mm This is when her marriage was falling apart. (laughs) Super well put together. Right. (laughs) So she eventually got the ultimate text message of me calling her out on a lot of the slut shaming things, telling her I'm not going to be her friend anymore because she's bringing toxic energy into my life and I'm not dealing with this for another nine years. I knew we were a total of nine years. It's a long time. When I'm dating someone and I'm trying to commit to them, I am going to have sexual relations with that person. It's important to me. I'm not going to wait until marriage. Regina didn't wait until marriage. She had a kid before she got married, but I was the slut in the hoe bag. And I kind of think people like to project their insecurities. So because she had that kid at a young age, even though she loved her kid, it was projected onto me that she felt like she was the slut, the hoe bag throughout her teen years. Mm -hmm. So because I had lost my virginity when she knew me, I immediately became the slut, the hoe bag, whatever else word in the book that she had actually called me. There were so many that she just wanted to project it back onto me. Interesting that it's from someone that you, I mean, you referred to her as a frenemy, but was more of a friend than an enemy at the time. Yeah, she was. I obviously thought of her as one of my better friends because we would constantly hang out. There were times where I would take a break from Regina. I would call it a Regina break so I wouldn't text her back, wouldn't hang out with her. But my group of friends and I would kind of excuse her behavior as Regina behavior. Hmm. Oh, Regina's just being Regina. Right. No one really wanted to hold her accountable for her actions. Eventually, one of our other friends had cut her out and it kind of dwindled from like there. the domino effect of everything. Yeah, it took a couple of years, but we did eventually cut her out. Well, and when you were being called these names by her, how did that influence the way that you saw yourself? Honestly, I would go home and I'm just thinking to myself, am I actually being too easy? Am I sleeping with too many guys? Oh my gosh, is a guy going to want me because I've slept with four other men before him? Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, I wasn't going around sleeping with everyone in the book that I had met. It took a couple of dates to get me into bed. Yeah. Or to do anything besides like a kiss on the cheek or lips, anything of that matter. Mm -hmm. It took a while because I wanted to protect my heart. Of course. But then I'm being told that I'm giving my heart out too easily. And if I got upset by being told that I'm being too sensitive, I would just go home and I would be down on myself. I would get depressed. I think a lot of it gave me some body dysmorphia along with that too with am I spreading my legs too easily? Are guys going to still like me because I have sexual baggage on top of this? There has to be long-term psychological effects of slut shaming. I, I can't imagine that something so devastating would just 
leave us unscathed. I know for me, it's changed my outlook on sex. And you know me, I am the most, I mean, probably considered prudish. I don't know if you're prudish. (laughs) Well, in the way of the fact that I won't hook up with someone unless I'm dating them seriously or I'm in a relationship with them. I've never had a fling. It's just, it's not something that I feel like I could emotionally handle because I do get attached really easily. Yeah, that's fair. I'm a, I'm a love hoe. I just, I'm like, oh, I'm in love with you. <laughs> you easy love hoe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, it has definitely hindered my sexual liberation side of things because I feel like, I don't know, there has to be some sort of mental block I have surrounding this because of how hard I was slut-shamed for loving someone and trying to explore with them. So that's like, interesting that you're saying that. So let's say you meet a guy, we'll call him Bob. Mm-hmm. And you start dating him. I'd never date a Bob, but yeah, go on. (laughs) Such a generic name, Robert, okay? (laughs) How about Dick? (laughs) All right, we'll call him Dick. Perfect. So we meet Dick. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) Sorry. How long would you say if you start feeling that it's getting serious, you get the girlfriend title, he gets the boyfriend title, would it take for you to sleep with him? I have a point to this. I know you do. I'm just smiling because I feel like I'm contradicting myself. I'm going to I'm going to tell you something. Okay. okay. It really depends on our connection because one of my greatest adult loves that I've had, I slept with him one week into knowing him, but we immediately hopped into a relationship. We met at a bar downtown, kissed that night because it was 4th of July, so we kissed with the fireworks, hung out the next day, were attached at the hip, ended up hooking up a week into it and had a serious relationship after. Because I felt emotionally safe with this person all ready and we were both on the same page of what we wanted and y'all dated for a long time we dated a long time yeah so i have had relationships where it started off with a bang that's okay (laughs) but then there's other times where i'm trying to figure out another person and I don't know if I feel completely safe with them yet so I'll push back and wait possibly a couple of months before I do anything with them and that's fair so let's say Dick you kind of have the heat and the trust given because he's given good energy but you don't necessarily sleep with him right away we wait a month let's say a month Mm -hmm. and you sleep with him are you going to start feeling guilty after you sleep with him no because we've established what we are okay and there's there's a connection there and Honestly, I think the longest I've ever really made someone wait that I was actually dating is probably like three to four weeks. Okay, so almost a month then. Yeah, because I don't feel like it's completely necessary to hold that off forever. I mean, I'm not sitting here trying to wait for a marriage because that ship sailed a long time ago with my virginity. Fair. (laughs) Um, But I do want to know that we're good. I want to know that we're solid, that we want the same things because the last thing that I want to deal with is being played just to be you know be their sexual escapade for the night and then get ghosted the next day I don't want to be used and I think that's a a hook uh, like a mental hook for me where I go no I can't hook up with you until I know that you're not going to do that to me because that will crush me and then I will feel shame and then I will feel guilt and then I'll go through all the feelings of feeling like maybe I was too easy because they up and just left. Right. They ghost and mm-hmm. all that. Okay. Or I'll sit there and be like, was I bad in bed? 
<laughs> like I'll sit there and spiral and go through everything play by play and be like, was I really that bad? Like, geez, I don't think I'm that bad. See, I go through that, but it's more of, oh my God, did they see my stomach and it was mm. too big? Was it wiggling during sex? <laughs> so I go through the body portion. The body image. Yeah. And I have that too because girl, okay, we're going to get into this for a really quick second. Okay. I hate my vagina. I had that conversation with you. Yeah, and now my phone is sending me pussy affirmations (laughs) too. It sends it to me every day. Literally yesterday. (laughs) Literally yesterday it was like, I will be choosy of who gets this pussy. And that was the affirmation. I need this app because I love... Mine was just like the <laughs> I will the pelvis one that I sent. Yeah. I don't even remember what it said, but it was just a pelvis one. I was like, my phone heard you. <laughs> so, so long story short, I hate my vagina, <laughs> and I actually want to get something called labiaplasty done because I want like a cute little designer vag. You want an edited vag? I do. I want the filter on my vagina, and I want it Gucci. Okay. <laughs> I want that. There's brand vaginas <laughs> now. <laughs> I just considered a brand vagina because she's she's top class, okay? And she okay. was expensive. Okay. I'd want Chanel, but that's just me. Okay. Well, you have your Chanel badge and I'll have my Gucci badge and we'll hang out and get brunch together. Deal. <laughs> I don't want the surgery. Mine's already Chanel. <laughs> well, can't relate. <laughs> no, um, I haven't. Like, <laughs> I haven't actually stared down there enough and I'm probably... I'm sure if I did just because of who I am as a person, mm-hmm. I would start hating it immediately. But I actively avoid looking in that area. Yeah. Because well, I think we look weird too. <laughs> so do penises though. So. Well, penises, they're, they're, they're their own situation. But, you know, vaginas, I think the female anatomy is more attractive than the male anatomy unless it's mine. <laughs> and then I'm like, ew. <laughs> so let's get into that really quick. Yeah. Since you're kind of exposing that you hate your vagina. Totally and you don't do. like how it looks. Do you think that came from the slut shaming when you were younger too? Yeah, uh, I do. I think that it came from um, sexual repression from religion and being told that it's dirty, that it's gross, that it's a sin. Um, I think that it comes from people shaming me my entire life about exploring my body and how I need to remain pure forever. And um, sorry, trigger warning, essay for those of you that know what those initials stand for. Mm -hmm. I was also uh, sexually abused and assaulted as a kid by two guys at the same time when I was seven years old. So I've always just kind of hated that part of my body because I looked at it as dirty and tainted and like not good. So without even the essay portion too, with Mm -hmm. the religion, a part of it, there were people who would get shunned at what we called disfellowshipped or disassociated Mm -hmm. from the religion or the congregation for having sex for having premarital sex yeah so it was always kind of taught at a young age if you did that it's bad unless you come forward and admit to your sins and you're dirty you're impure god Mm -hmm. will look at you differently yep yeah so that's kind of where that harlot Mm -hmm. Uh, and why I was called comes. a harlot. Yeah. Yeah. I was literally called a harlot in an instant message chat <laughs> by another girl. So you're kind of groomed to that expectation mm-hmm. of being pure until marriage, the yeah. white wedding dress. Which is so funny because I do feel like we are so groomed in Hollywood. 
I think uh, if you look at, you know, different Disney movies, the old school Disney movies, Cinderella, mm-hmm. Snow White, they're always looked at as being these pure, perfect women. They don't have boyfriends until they finally meet the one. And then that's implied. The men has to rescue. The men the has woman. to rescue the woman. And then, you know, it's uh, the, the men has to. Re- that I was know. not English. Man has to rescue. That was... <laughs> Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And it's implied that she's done nothing with a man, not even kiss a man until he comes along. Do you notice it's like that first kiss? It's the first kiss and it's the first love. It's the love at first Mm -hmm. sight. Beauty and the Beast is a really good example of that. With Elle, you know, she's introduced to Gaston. He's in love with her. And Gaston's a fuck boy. He's a fuck boy. He's the (laughs) giant fuck boy. Mm -hmm. She goes, she moves in. With, well, she gets like enslaved by the beast. And <laughs> I mean, because he's the only man that she's looking I, like, at. I started off with she just moved in all casually, but really she was kidnapped. <laughs> she was kidnapped, basically. <laughs> so she's kidnapped by the beast. Mm-hmm. And then the Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> comes into play. Yeah. And I love Beauty and the Beast. But, you know, when he turns back into the human prince adam form she's like is it you (gasps) it is you because she looks at his eyes (laughs) Mm -hmm. but did you fall in love with him because of his attitude changing or did was it because he was the only man that you saw the beast is saving Belle from gaston and the town from making her marry gaston Mm -hmm. because he just wanted that 1950 type style he wanted the submissive he wanted that submissive yeah yeah and disney is is a great example of how they look at women as these pure, fragile creatures. Uh, But then how the narrative changes as we get older is now we need to be sex goddesses without the actual experience, right? Like you look at these different movies with these sex scenes and she can ride the man like a freaking pro. And she's a virgin. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, when I was losing my virginity, I was awkward as hell and definitely didn't look anything like that. Like Fifty Shades of Grey. I know you said you haven't seen the movies, no, but she's but I have a read virgin. The book. Okay, so you know she's a virgin and all of a sudden she's, oh, I'm going full force. Oh, I love this. I love this. Bitch, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. It hurt. It hurt. <laughs> right. Like hell, even if you're tied up and he's hot, <laughs> it still hurts. Absolutely. So they want the experience that professionals have in mm-hmm. porn and movies. They just don't want the baggage that comes with it. Yeah. Men in this, when men look at porn, I feel like so many of them go, that's what I want. I want that kind of lay. But then if you have that kind of lay, then you start to question how many guys has she been with to have that level of, I don't know what you'd call it. Fuckableness. Fuckableness, sure. Uh, why is that even in question? Because if a guy's good in bed, I don't sit there and think, how many girls does he, you know, practice this on? I'm just like, thank God he's good in bed. Right. The baggage that comes with it. Do you think all men are going to look down upon us? Because I know we kind of got into the subject of friends being slut shamers. And you have men slut shaming you. Yeah. What about family? Family slut shaming me? Not like necessarily you, but do you think family slut shames other women? I don't know because I was never tight with my family enough to like experience that. I I can't answer that question from my personal view. Who was that rapper with the daughter? Oh, T.I. T.I. with the daughter. Yeah. Um, I'm actually glad you mentioned that because I actually forgot that uh, we talked about that recently. Yeah. So T.I. has a teenage daughter. And do you remember how old she was? Was she like 17, 18? I think she's 
she was technically a minor, so I think she was 17. She was about to be 18. So T.I., it came out that he takes his daughter to the doctor to get her hymen checked to make sure it's still intact and she's a virgin. And he was openly discussing this to the media. The daughter actually came out recently with a statement saying that that made her feel so ashamed and embarrassed and that it changed her perception of herself because she did not even consent to that information being out to the world. So you think that it's already really embarrassing that your dad is taking you to the doctor to see how pure you are. But now the whole world knows that. Well, what's he going to do if she did lose her virginity or the hymen just breaks after riding a horse or putting a tampon in? He's going to lose his shit. And uh, that's not cool. If you had a son and he got laid for the first time, you'd probably high five him. But your daughter hooks up with a guy or falls in love or something and you think that makes her dirty. That's the way it comes across to me. You know, we got to talk about how men are are so expected to be these horn dogs in society oh boys will be boys and they're expected to be all about the females when they're younger and experience porn at a young age and no one bats an eye at that but a girl has similar thoughts and figures out how to masturbate early on and suddenly it's just nasty the devil is talking the devil right you know and when you say that boys will be boys. I also just want to say boys will be held accountable for their own actions. Yeah. So if they're watching porn, fine. I think everybody needs to watch porn for their own mental health and just to get that release. But at the same time, if you're not going to slut shame the man for watching porn, do not slut shame a woman for watching porn. Yeah, I don't get why that's even a standard. And you know that saying body count where people are like what's your body count why does it matter what my body count is why does that even matter why is that of your concern it doesn't take away my value as a person just because I've had sex with people and I mean my body count fine fuck it I'll say it is like 13 but every single one of those people I was in a relationship with and that does not mean that I am a slut it just makes me a normal human being with sexual desire and impulses who wants to be affectionate with the people I'm with. That doesn't make me dirty. It's an it's an actual natural part of life. We're all here because someone got laid. Yeah. So why are you going to get on me about that? The puppy that you bought, guess what? Is there because your dog got laid? <laughs> so like No. It came from the stork. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but that's not how it works. I know. Yeah, but I mean, that is such a normal, natural part of life. But then we want to look down on females for being sexual beings because we're human. Well, it's not even just sexual beings either. It's also just showing off our bodies. Think of Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. Oh my God, that was a big deal. The whole Super Bowl thing. She showed her boob. She even had a pasty on the nipple. So you just saw the side. You saw the boob, but you didn't see the nipple. Right. But she still is not allowed to perform at the Super Bowl. And Justin Timberlake just came back and did another Super Bowl halftime show. He never got is reprimanded the right way. He wasn't reprimanded correctly because he said sorry. She mm-hmm. said wardrobe malfunction. And then he put all the blame on her. And, and he it was, was premeditated. the one who ripped it off of her. But she gets shamed throughout the media and dragged and headlines everywhere about oh my god 
Meanwhile, he can just walk around like, oh, good for him for, you know, ripping that off of her. And the lyric at the end of that song when he ripped off that boob coverage was, bet I'll have you naked by by the the end end of of this this song. song. Yes. So it made sense. It was a premeditated plan. They both agreed to it. But Janet is still under fire. And he never stood up for her. No, because he knew it was going to taint his opportunity to go back to the Super Bowl. And it did for years. But he just came back. And On the topic of JT, because I don't love him, (laughs) when he got interviewed about dating Britney Spears, do you remember that he did an interview where the person asked him about, you know, did he hook up with with Britney Spears is like did you tap that and he was like yeah you know I tap that oh my god I haven't seen yeah, that I knew that he admitted to it media of sleeping with her because at the time they had this virginal image and reputation remember it's like the purity rings like the Jonas Brothers Jonas purity, Brothers. purity rings And he just straight up was like, yeah, I hooked up with her. Yeah, I got laid by Britney Spears. Why are we asking these questions to men in interviews like it's a positive thing, but then females get interviewed about who they're dating and who they're with, and it's looked at as negative? That reminds me of an interview with Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow. She was playing Black Widow, and she's in that black cat suit, and a guy had the audacity to ask her if she was wearing underwear. What? Yeah. And even Andrew Garfield got asked that by Ellen when he was Spider-Man. Are you wearing underwear? Because they're tight suits. Sure. But why do we give a shit? (laughs) Right. And Scarlett finally said, what is going on? Like, are you looking for underwear? I'll leave it to your imagination. That's actually a decent response back. Yeah. There's the wardrobe thing. You've got movies who are portraying these sexual beings and they differ on box office sales. So Magic Mike, for example, male strippers. Obviously, the women were all for that. Oh, yeah, we're going to go see Channing mm-hmm. Tatum take off his clothes, dance it out. I love that movie with the... Okay. Mm, <laughs> Anyways, we're not going to get in too far deep into that. Magic Mike, I looked it up, made 167 point two million dollars in the box office. Jennifer Lopez did a movie, and this one was based off of a true story, too. Hustlers. Hustlers. Yeah, and yeah. she's a stripper. It only made 157.6 million. So there's hmm. that $10 million difference, really. It's interesting to see because then she goes on to do the Super Bowl. That was the hottest halftime show. Her and Shakira fucking killed it. Loved it. But do you remember all the backlash she got because she went on the stripper pole and it wasn't family friendly? And the year prior to that, Adam Levine was making provocative moves, ripped off his shirt. <laughs> and got no feedback got for that. Got no hate on that except every woman in the audience going, oh my God, I want to touch so his body. High. That's so insane to me because I, I do remember watching that halftime show with J-Lo and Shakira and they're both extremely sexy women and their bodies are incredible. If I had their bodies, I, I think I would just become a nudist. I wouldn't wear clothes. Oh, hell no. I... And she did her own stunts in The Hustlers. Yeah, she, she went through a lot bowl. of training. I watched her YouTube channel about that. So if I did all that training for a movie, you best believe I'm going to be putting it on shows, yeah. concerts, wherever I can to utilize that. But the fact that they're like, it's not family friendly and we got to hide our children's eyes from seeing this. And oh my God, it's like really, really. The girl wasn't even naked. She was wearing clothes. She was a performer. She's an entertainer. Why? Why are we sitting here getting all just prudish about what she's wearing and what she's doing when, like you said, Adam Levine is taking off his shirt and revealing more than they did? Yeah, thrusting his hips, making motions to his 
dick, but no one ever bat an eye with Adam Levine. But as soon as Jennifer Lopez got a little bit more sexual than what we're used to seeing, Mm -hmm. besides Janet Jackson, on the halftime show, it was pure backlash for like two months on all of that. And she looked hot. That halftime show was fucking amazing. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's just, it's so interesting to see how women and men are willing to slut shame women. But then when it comes to men, I've never actually heard of a man being slut shamed. Uh, No, I've never heard that. When I did lose my virginity to someone, he got freaking high fived for it. And I got dragged through the mud. And I think that just brings up the overall point of this entire episode of the double standard that men are looked at as gods for how many girls they can lay and women are looked at as sluts even if they've only been with one person. Yeah and even if you're a woman who's used to kind of slut shaming maybe look back at yourself and ask yourself why am I actually caring what she does who she sleeps with in bed how many she slept with how does that impact your life in the slightest and I think that's what people forget is how is this actually impacting you it's not look away don't pay attention you're making it. it impact you by sticking your nose where it doesn't belong Yeah, and social media and internet, anything has become so toxic because you can write out what you're thinking without batting an eye. Mm -hmm. And there's literally hardly any repercussions for that. Anyways, honeybees, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will be back later on next week for a new one. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Hustle Hustle Honey. Honey. Thanks for tuning into the show. If you love what you've heard so far, let us know by following our podcast and giving us a cute little review. Become a part of our Hustle Honey High family on Instagram at Hustle Honey Pod. And if you have any questions or need advice, we've got an answer. Shoot us a message at askhustlehoney at gmail.com for a chance for you to be answered on the next episode. Until next time, keep keep hustling. hustling.